Hello. What's up, David? Hey, Schaefer. Uh, welcome to <laughs> NBA Money, episode two. I got Nora here with me, too. What's up, Nora? We're looking for some really key insights from you today. Remember Paul? There we go. <laughs> she knows what it's about today. <laughs> How's it been going, man? How was your trip back to Colorado? Oh, great. It's great to be home. Um, just, uh, it was a really busy trip and then played real basketball this morning. Nice. I'm jealous. Indoor, outdoor, I guess indoor if you're in a, uh, yeah, it snowed like four inches in the last four hours. It was indoors. Sounds like like an indoor game to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Felt good. Uh, fourth game back since I hurt my knee. (laughs) Nice man. Uh, well, I don't, our viewers don't know this, but you're also about to take me down uh, as the one seed in our fantasy basketball league, unless uh, by some act of act of God, I've got my I've got three players left to play today. It looks like you've got five, and you're up about a hundred points on me. So, well, congratulations! All, all fourteen of our viewers will be very excited to hear that. <laughs> oh man! Well, lots happened since we talked last. Uh, uh, most notably, I guess, more on the college circuit uh, with Zion's injury uh, the first well, 30 <laughs> seconds of that North Carolina game. Yeah, he blew up a shoe. I've never seen that. I don't think that's ever happened. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about his uh, situation. Like, because he only has a couple weeks here. And if he, gets, if he gets healthy to play or not to play, like, I mean, it's a real – it's, an, it's like just in terms of financial earnings, it's a real bet on himself because <clears throat> I think he'll be the number one pick no matter what happens. He could tear his ACL yep. in the tournament. He'd still go number one and be like Blake Griffin. But like if he has a signature moment and wins the, the title, like I feel like the endorsement deals are worth – are going to be higher. Good point. I had not thought about that. What do you think? Should he play or not? I was thinking a lot about this when the injury happened. I started researching, um, you know, kids going right out of high school and with all these new proposals for, um, you know, the G League where you can make either 30K or 125K, depending on a group of people that say you're, you know, you're worthy enough of a certain salary and what it means to college basketball. Um, it, it, the question that brought up for me is this. And I know the immediate answer is yes. But is the NCAA so bad? Is it really that bad? And here, here are my arguments, and I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. It does allow players to improve their stock against relatively worthy competition. They get showtime on television, primetime, depending <coughs> on the team that they play on. So that improves their value, their future value. Versus, you know, when you're playing against high school kids and you jump right into the league, there's a little bit more, is this person NBA ready? They played against these high school kids that are 6'1 and 6'3, not these college kids that have muscle and and can body you up. So what what do you think about that argument? I mean, I think it takes a ton of training to be a good player. Like even the, the Zions and the LeBrons of the world and the ADs of the world, like getting training to reach the point they are at and showing, like, how dedicated they are to their craft. Like, learning from Coach K and having Grant Hill show up and work with you, 
there's like that's worth a ton. Like think about early in your career, like if you could have the guy that coaches Team USA or you know whoever the equivalent is, it's like there's real training value there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's clearly being exploited. Like the twenty five hundred tickets, twenty five hundred dollars to go see him play UNC or whatever it was, it's like insane. Like yeah. how is he not getting money from that? And then how can Nike not already be paying him? Like the, the the deal that these guys can't take endorsements. It's like fuck you, NCAA. You don't own my likeness. Like you don't own. Like what? What if he's a great computer programmer? Like the idea that a computer programmer couldn't take a side gig, and like I don't know, man. How they block him from making money other ways? It just drives me insane. Yep. No, I I, I agree with you there. Um. And in, in this new scenario where kids are going to just be jumping to the to the NBA or the G League, who are the big losers in this situation? Who who loses? I've got one on my list, and that's veteran NBA role players. Yeah, I mean, it, and you can argue the game as a whole. Like, if there's no good place for young players to truly showcase themselves, that hurts. Like, because like baseball, like they kind of avoided this, or they tried to avoid it with like, hey, AAA matters too. You know, like, to, for the NBA to do this successfully, like, the G League has to matter. Mm-hmm. They got a marketing problem to solve, I think. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, having 2,000 people or 1,500 people show up to these games, and then, <laughs> like, it's like, you know, that's a problem. Like, it, they need the NCAA because they get people to show up to games and see, have these big TV deals and showcase all these young kids. It's, uh, it's a tough spot. I mean, like, so if the NCAA dies... I mean, the big losers, I think, all the – not the NCAA, number one, but also, like, the big – the Dukes, the Kentuckys of the world, I feel like not getting the top talent, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to watch as much. Yeah, I was talking – I got a bunch of Kentucky fans back home that, uh, you know, especially the first couple of years that this is uh, this new rule is put in place, um, it's going to be some rough seasons for them. Who was your uh, favorite Kentucky player to watch when they were in school? Oh, boy. Jeff Shepard. I'll, <laughs> I'll throw back to 96. Uh, um, but, yeah, this guy was the first guy I can remember who uh, played the game with such intensity, but also he did everything. He deed up, he hit threes, and he could, he could throw it down with some of the best of them. Really fun to watch. Did he make the league? I don't think so. He was one of those like purebred, like I'm going to be the best college player I can be. And then that's as far as I'll probably be able to take it players. But he yeah. made it count. He, he won a title with, uh, with them. And uh, was this, uh, Antoine Walker and Tony Delk? Was oh yeah. Ron, Ron Mercer. Ron uh, Mercer. <laughs> they had a squad, man. They were tough. <laughs> Everyone has the green light, man. All those guys were gunners in the NBA. It was like <laughs> catch and shoot, you know, dribble, dribble, shoot. Like Tony Dell, Antoine Walker, all those guys, the best thing they could do was score. And Bettino loved him so much. He tried to assemble them all on the uh, Boston Celtics. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, Bettino came to the league with all this hype? And, like, did he ever make the playoffs? Like, he was, like, pretty bad. No, I don't think they ever made the playoffs. He was just so dead set on getting every Kentucky player on his team and not thinking about how to be a coach. I mean, it makes you wonder, like, what skill set these college coaches really have. Like, Patino, you know, so good at recruiting, has recruiting scandals, goes to the league where the talent, like, 
you know, it's it's the the coach. You could argue whether it matters more or less, but like if you don't have the talent gap, can you like force the team to be competitive? And that didn't appear to be true. Seems like it's more important to be able to manage personalities and have strong X's and O's. The recruiting doesn't really translate uh, to the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, Phil Jackson, it's like back in his heyday, like what did he really do? He just like steered into Michael Jordan being like the like, most competitive person ever and like managed that ego. And that was an ego for sure to manage. Yeah. So – uh, let's jump to the biggest ego in the league today, uh, LeBron and the Lakers. You like that transition? I've been working on my game. I do like it. Uh, it's tough to do transitions just when you're not in the same room as the person. You don't know what they're feeling, where they're, uh, where they're headed. Um, but that was good. I like that one. And I'm pulling up the standings right now to see that the Lakers currently are setting 10th in the West. But it's not Outside just the that playoffs. they're 10th. So they're 14 games back, and the eighth seed is nine and a half games back. So they're four and a half games back from the Clippers in the eighth seed. And then Dallas in the 13th seed is 16 and a half games back. So the Lakers are only two and a half games of them. So in the standings right now, they're closer to being 13th than eighth. Didn't see this coming, and neither did Vegas. I'm pretty sure in the preseason, Vegas had the Lakers as like a seven to one odds. Maybe it was ten to one to win the title. <laughs> hey man, if you get in, you never know. I mean, basically their title would be the first round against the Warriors, and if they win that, you know whoever beats the Warriors is obviously the favorite. So, but <laughs> I mean, they're not looking so good. What do you think they're missing? What what can they do in the off season? Um, that doesn't involve are they do they need to go get one of these big free agent names to be competitive or are there other things they can do they can do other things to get better i mean this idea that they constructed this team around all these other ball handlers is just like i don't know what they're thinking like i mean i I like rondo as a player stevenson like kind of a sideshow but also like steps up sometimes but it's like these guys that and Lonzo, when he's playing, it's like you get more ball handlers and less shooting, and it's like, why? So, I mean, you see they added uh, Reggie Bullock and Mike Muscala at the, three, at the deadline, and they're both – their best skills, both three-point shooting. It's like they're regressing to be like Cleveland again. But they don't have Kyrie, <laughs> and they don't have Kevin Love, and, you know, their young guys are inconsistent. And so, I mean, I think the short answer to that is, like, they can always add more shooting – but like they're not, they're not going to break through without, you know, another. They need another top ten player. Yeah, LeBron's too old to do it. But himself. he's going to play till forty five though. Let's not forget that. <laughs> he's he's going to play an NBA game at age forty five. Right, right. I'll stick exactly. to that one. I've told a couple other people that bet, and they absolutely love it. By the way. Yeah, it'd be funny. Maybe this podcast deteriorates for like how to how to take one bet. <laughs> one like 10 year bet. <laughs> uh, all right, man. I got the West Standings up still. Um, I see the Warriors as the one seed, the Clippers as the eighth seed. Um, who in the West has the best chance of dethroning the Warriors and making the NBA Finals? Um, so I think it's 
to start, I think it's much more likely a team in the East beats them in the finals than a team mm-hmm. in the West doesn't blocks them from getting there. Okay. So, like, I think because I, I just think the next four best teams after them are in the East. And but I'm looking around the West, and I caught this team last night, and I, I think the team with the best odds to knock off the Warriors is the Jazz. I like that. Yeah, I mean they're just. They're big. They're physical. Last night, Donovan Mitchell had the best. He played the best I've ever seen play. Um, it was he was doing pull up threes off the dribble in the last three minutes. I think he had three of them. And just the cross court passing is like he made a leap. Um, so I, I don't think he can do it all the time. But when they overload in the paint and he can get just a slight advantage, and then he sees the defender inch, he's getting much better at throwing that bullet uh, across the court to the three point shooter. So, like, I just – he really was just making the right decision whenever the half double would come, you know, because they – a lot of times in the league what will happen is when they start really going off and they won't do the hard double when they get the ball, but they'll just inch the defense. And whether it's the – you know, the paint man is now really off and he's – so it's, uh, it just starts to add up and he's making the right decision and he just – I mean, he beat the Bucks, And it was also, like – what I like about what the Jazz are doing, and this is like the first time I've watched them in like, you know, two or three weeks, maybe a little more. So it's not like, I, but I watched all the second half yesterday, and these big lineups were Mitchell is basically the smallest Jazz on the floor, and then they're running like three wings and Gobert or three wings in favor favors. <clears throat> these lineups are just killer because like they have enough ball handling with Ingles or somebody else on the wing, like the four wing guys can all make a move and, you know, do something at least. And then you have everyone is big on defense and you have the shooters on the outside. And it's just like dare daring them to like leave their man off Mitchell. And it's just that they're really good two way units. And I think one of the good ways to beat the Warriors is just be a little bigger, be a little bigger, be a little more physical and have enough creation on offense when you do that which a lot of teams will go big and then they get to the offensive side and they don't have a creator. And then they're like, Oh shit. Like we slowed them down a little bit, but we can't score points. Did they make any moves in the off season or have all these players or has, has Quinn Snyder just figured out a way to uh, put them together and get them playing good ball? Um, it's mostly Quinn Snyder. Um, and that Quinn Snyder used to be a neighbor of my grandpa. No shit. Yeah, back when Quinn Snyder was uh, assistant coach at Duke, my grandpa lived in Durham, and they were like, it was either the same apartment complex or one over, and they both used to take walks around there. So he like, he had some conversations with Quinn Snyder. That's awesome. <laughs> and here, here's a hot take for my grandpa: when Duke, this, this is back on the Carlos Boozer, Mike Dunleavy team. <clears throat> I remember when the right before the draft happened, I was talking to him about hoops, and he was like. Oh, yeah, Boozer, Boozer, Boozer. He's like, Boozer's going to be good. And I was like, I think all these websites are saying Mike Dunleavy Jr. is going to be the, you know, the, the pick. And he's like, no, no, no. And Dunleavy goes, like, third overall. And Boozer is a second-round pick. And, like, Boozer definitely had the better career. Like, he just watched him at Duke, and he was like, there's no way Boozer's not the better player. Yeah, I remember him being a consistent double-double guy for a while in the league. And uh, I did not know he was a second-round pick. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, because everyone thought he was too small, but he he just like he knew he could hit the mid range jump shot and he could move people. And if you can do those two things, like in the '90s NBA, you were like 
good or the early 2000s. Yeah. All right, so no one in the West really stands a chance. We think the Jazz have an outside shot. Uh, your local Nuggets team, they've lost two in a row at home. They were the best uh, home team in the NBA going into the weekend, and now I think they're close to tied with a couple other teams. Um, they just don't seem to fully have everything to put it together. They could probably steal a win or two at home, but going on the road and beating the Warriors uh, is going to be tough for them. I mean, the Thunder. Nuggets, I've, been, I've been liking to watch the Nuggets, uh, and they're like Jokic. There's never really been a player quite like him. Like, maybe they say, like, young Bill Walton, where you have this, like, running the whole offense, like, through a seven-footer in the half court. It's like a and, – and, and running the offense is in, like, more of the time he's setting people up with passes, which is – it's just, like – it's cool to see, like, a different way to play basketball. But, like, to, for them to really challenge the Warriors, maybe some luck with an injury. And then you're looking at who – like, could Jamal Murray make a leap where he averages 30 points in a series? Yeah, like that's the kind of like leap they would need to beat it to even get to like six and seven games with the Warriors. A second person needs to just be like this whole team basketball and no like trusted number. two. You don't know who your number two is. It gets a lot harder in the playoffs. And then whenever things start to break down and they need a little more one on one play, it's like I don't I don't know if they're going to be able to get it. Yeah. What do you think they got no shot against the Warriors? They would have to steal the one seed somehow and then have four games at home to have any chance, in my opinion. I think they can do that. And I, I think, like, the Warriors aren't going to push as hard here. I think they're going to rest more guys. And I think the Nuggets are going to push for this one seed because they they're near, they know the same thing we do. You know, it's yeah. not it's not common sense. And then also being up here in Denver, it's like they have – some a small advantage here with the elevation it's not like i mean these are professional athletes we're talking about and they'll prepare and it's like but it is a slight advantage just with a little bit thinner air we got a nice preview of what could be an nba finals matchup last night were you able to catch the uh sixers warriors game no i watched the uh i watched the 10 minute youtube version i uh i didn't catch it i I caught because i got an I, I just started watching late, and I caught the end of that Jazz um, jazz Bucks. That was the, the later game. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you notice in the Warriors game? Well, you know, there's no Embiid on the Sixers side. There's no Clay on the Warriors side last night. So each team was down, down a player. Uh, but when it came down to crunch time, Warriors, I think, were down about 15, 12 or 15 going into the third quarter. Then they had a vintage, you know, third quarter. Oh, they little brothered them. Oh yeah, they, they they took him to town in the third quarter. Um, but Mike Scott, man, he I think Mike Scott hit five or six threes, had the best game easily of his season with 20, 23 points. Um, he really kept a minute, or else it, Warriors probably would have ran away with it a little bit sooner. But down the stretch, it came down to uh, some small mistakes that the veteran Warriors team just wouldn't make, and the Sixers were making. For example, they I, fouled they, oh. they fouled somebody. Uh, they fouled KD down three points with 30-something seconds left instead yeah. of playing out of defensive possession. <laughs> really, really bad mistake. Oh, man, that's so funny. Yeah, that's that's one, like, that's – I mean, that in my mind, that's on the coach. Like, if your players aren't able to make decisions like that, I know it's on – it's really on whoever made the foul, but, like, that's coaching. Like, you you just right. can't have your team not be that aware. You know, it just came out of a short rotation they're doing. Like yeah. they really got to, tr- they're, 
I, I looked, I'm looking at the box score. It looks like they played eight guys. It's like they really got to trust every player. I mean, eight is just like if you don't trust eight, like because if you're saying it's not on the coach, then you're saying you only trust seven, or it's it, they're 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 not they're not very deep right now. Nope. Like uh, they they really can't, and that which it should be noted, you know, we both think that's going to be the finals. Like, that's what we talked about last time. Yep. And how, Damian, how did uh, how did Ben Simmons look? He uh. I didn't catch the first half, but I, I think he had a decent first half, but I, I'm pretty sure he was shut down by a combination of, of Draymond and Andre uh, in the second half. Um, Tobias had kind of an off night. Uh, it was, honestly, it was, it was a Mike Scott night, and that's the weird, weird thing to hear, and it's a weird thing to say. Dude, I but, think he's good enough to have one, one game like that in the series. They're going to need him to. Like, he can really score. Uh, you know, he can't – I don't know how much else he brings out there, but, like, he, he can score. He can shoot. He can score. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that series, though, uh, especially with Embiid back in the lineup. Obviously, Clay will be back. Uh, the funny I thing, hope... even though we think the Sixers are the most likely to make the finals, if they get the Celtics in the first round, like if the – I think it's if the Pacers are able to force their way in the top four, one of these four, like, uh, teams is going to lose because they're going to play each other early. True. Pacers have been playing well after Oladipo. I thought they would really just fall off, and they are the three seed right now. Yeah, how are they doing that? Uh, I don't know. They've been out. Sabonis has been out a couple games this week. It must be just really well uh, shared play, shared ball play. I'm looking at it right now. They're at 41 and 23, and the Celtics and the five seed are at 38 and 25, so two and a half games back. Like, the – I mean – there's a good chance here. And then the 76ers are only a half game behind the Pacers. But, like, I mean, the odds of the Pacers getting the three or the four seed are looking pretty high right now. And if that happens, I mean, one of these first-round series is going to be, like, the quality of an Eastern Conference Finals. Right. The four, the four seed versus the five seed will be a really, really good series. Unless the Pacers get the four. Then it'll – oh, actually, yeah, if the Pacers get the four – then they'll be the underdog and whoever the five is. Right. And but and then, the four seed they'll get yeah. four home games though. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean come on. You're not gonna take the Pacers over any of those four other four teams in the East, are you? No. Nate McMillan though, I love I love that guy. Uh did he win coach of the year last year? If not, uh he should have been in the discussion. Yeah. I mean, if he wins a first round series, he's like he should get it again. Like totally. <laughs> Uh, is it a foregone conclusion that James Harden is the MVP this year? Giannis, no. That's a two-man race to me. Okay, okay. Yeah, I would actually take Giannis right now. I, I'm i always someone that I'm going to want to reward that better record, you know, because I just think it's harder. You look at the teams around those two guys, second best player in that group is Chris Paul, and then you look at the standings. And, I mean, I know Chris Paul's been hurt some, but the Bucks are 48-15, and 15, and the Rockets are 37 and 25 in the five seed. I mean, right now the Bucks, even though they lost last night, have the best record in the league, and the second best player on that team. I mean, Middleton's been great, so I don't want to like the whole. And the whole team is really playing well together, but it's just like he's a, it's a better record. It's, it's probably a better team. I, I think I would go with Giannis. Do do voters uh, do voters in the league do they? 
think about that when they're when they're placing and casting their all star all star or sorry MVP uh, ballot. Uh, if they give me a vote, I'll, I'll I'll think like that. I think you should think like that. Um, <laughs> so you would take Harden? I think it's hard. I, I think it's just in, in this world of like uh, you know Insta fame and highlight reels. It's so hard. Not that Giannis doesn't have highlight reel uh, highlight reel uh, tapes this year, but. 58 points the other night, James Harden, 14 assists, four steals. You know, he's having a ridiculous scoring season. Yeah, and I 30 think, game streak was really something. Or thir- over 30 it's points. Hard, it's going to be hard for the voters to, to ignore that, despite them being uh, currently a five seed. Uh, but, Although they, they're, all, they're, all, they're only one game out of being a three seed. I will I'll like to uh, yeah. submit that to the record. Yeah, that, that is true. I mean, if they close well, it's a little bit different story. Capella's but I mean, been the, hurt, the Giannis back. stats that my favorite, I forget what it is exactly, but he's scoring more points around the basket than anyone since Shaq per game. So wow. he's in his own dominating way, you know, like it's just like if he gets two steps towards the hoop and his steps are so long, so he can either Euro or go straight. And it's just now he has the power too. So in, in the first or the second step, he can make contact and move the person and then elevate, and it's just like <clears throat> it's 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 as unstoppable as the step back three. Like it's just uh, he doesn't. Sometimes it, he's not going to be able to get as many shots a game as Harden does because he just doesn't have the handles and he doesn't have the shot. But his percentage and just like the ability to collapse the defense and make other people step towards the hoop, it it, it makes for you know a lot of open jump shots for everybody else too. Yeah, I like what they're doing a lot. Uh, they've been much improved over last season. And what do you what do you think the chances are they make the finals? What I want to see is Bucks Sixers, and I want it to go seven games. That's it, that, that would definitely be the. I mean, between Simmons and Bead and Giannis, like you're getting like you know the next generation, and also just like pure athleticism. Like those guys. They may not be the most refined, but, like, there's going to be a lot of uh, just, you know, meeting at the top, meeting at the summit type of place. The Bucks is a fun pick because if they get the home court throughout, um, it'll be tough to, tough to be thrown, tough to take down. Which it looks like, I mean, the only – Toronto is really the only team that has a chance to get there. They're two back, and then the next one's seven and a half back. There's just not enough games, so it's really – the one seed is down to two teams in the East. It's Toronto or Milwaukee. Yep. And we got about 20 or so games left to play. It'll be a fun final stretch. Yep. I got some fan mail. I got a question. Uh, from... We got fans? Oh, we got fans. We have Sweet. we have lots of fans in different, uh, different time zones, I might add. Uh, the question is, you're drafting today, and it's – uh, you have the uh, basically it's two you and the two best players on the board are Donovan Mitchell and Luka Doncic. Is it close? <clears throat> and who do you take? Uh, I take Luka, but it's very close. I mean, I, Mitchell Mitchell's better right now, I think still. Um, but I don't know; it's tough. I mean, also Mitchell's game's going to be based more on athleticism, so like building yep. a longer term thing. I kind of like betting on Luca and Luca Luca can run an offense more um, but I mean what's the I mean the age gap is so close too right what Don is what like two years older or something yeah so it's uh 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'd still go with Luca. Luca's just – you can have someone like that run the offense and you can have – you know, I think you can be in that top five or ten offense for, you know, the whole ten years and <clears throat> just kind of run it out of him. And I don't know, I just kind of value a little more uh, creativity and, like, lead ball handler. But, I mean, Mitchell, when he gets going – has proven more and has had more stretches where he just, he, he carried in one series, you know, as the lead scorer. So, uh, and he's better on defense. Um, but did, did you, you did see the play um, early in the year when Luca blocked LeBron twice in a row on defense, right? I did. I mean, that's kind of like that had all the talk shows saying, Oh my God, LeBron, is he, can he not jump anymore? <laughs> is he done? Everyone was just all worried. It was very symbolic. You know, I mean, Luca can just be a turnstile for the rest of the year and people will still like play that clip. Yeah, I think it's close too. Uh, I, I think just from the age factor, what I've seen from Luca at age twenty, and uh, you having said this numerous times last year, him he's winning European national uh, uh, titles uh, against really really good opponents yeah. and athletic players, uh, and he's twenty years old. I mean, he's yeah, that's very raw. You, he's can, be you can argue Luca's accomplished more than Donovan, like winning Euroleague title and Euroleague Finals MVP and all that. Like that, that's no that's no joke. All right, last segment of the show this week is Guess That Bad Contract. This is a new uh, new part of the podcast. I'm going to tell you a contract. Uh, we're going to see how this works. I'm going to let you try to guess it uh, outright, and then if you're having trouble, I'm going to give you some options to choose from. Uh, but here's the contract. This was a four-year, $147, almost $148 million contract. Uh, this person plays in the Western Conference. Uh, and the contract will expire at the end of the 2022-2023 season. Four years, $148 million. Are you going to give me one, one clue about the player? They are a score-first, don't-do-much-else type player. Uh, Devin Booker? No. Uh, hmm. In the West... Score first player, and it it's going twenty eighteen to twenty twenty two. Um, I I don't know who. Maybe another clue. They were drafted originally by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oof. Andrew Wiggins. That's the Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, that is a bad contract. In his two thousand twenty two season, he will make almost thirty four million dollars. Yeah, I mean, oof. But to get to to get like twenty a game on forty two percent shooting, or whatever it is, I mean, pretty brutal. You know, there's only so much room in there. Uh, <clears throat> that second contract, though, it's a real crapshoot. You know, you've had that player for three or four years, so you sh- it shouldn't be that much. But it's also like, you know, you see the tools with Wiggins. Like he can just he right. can jump through the gym. His shot's not bad, you know, and he is pretty quick to react. It's just He's relatively quick, and he's got that spin move. And But then it's like, how many times does he just take a mid-range jumper? It's like if his whole game was just like dunking in threes, I don't know. It, it, these guys that like want to do two dribbles and like try and elevate over people, and you see Tatum doing it a lot this year. They just want to prove like they can score over anybody at any time. It, like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like they're good team players. 
No, I, I, I don't know why, but I've watched the, the T-Wolves a decent amount this year, and he does not come down and play defense. He's ready to go down and start shooting the basketball. Um, and it's an attitude thing. I don't know if it's uh, just the culture in Minnesota or if it, that's just him, but um, certainly not not uh, paying out to what he's making this year is $25 million. Um, what he should be making, probably closer to 12 to 15 Yeah, but it's hard to, like – admit that you had the number one pick and you let him take, you know, the most of the second most shots. And then you're like, dude, you're worth half the max. This guy's yeah. like, but I mean, because I, I don't know. Yeah. They shouldn't, have, they shouldn't have paid him. Um, they should have paid him a little less. And, you know, maybe, maybe he makes the leap we've been waiting five years for, but like, it seems, it seems like we're kind of running out of time here. Yeah. But, hey, man, good doing another one with you. Uh, can't wait for next week. I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about. I'm watching some Warriors uh, 2015 NBA highlights right now, Pelicans, <laughs> uh, game three. So uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Nora, thanks for participating. We really appreciated all your insights. And uh, Nora has a real passion for the word ball. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool, Shaper. Have a good weekend, man. Uh, Take care. Enjoy the rest of the day. <laughs> NBA money out. Out.